Hello, and welcome to Before the Sermon or After. And in this episode, we are going to look at a particular piece from a previous sermon, or to be more specific, at the reading from the, a previous sermon. It would be the text from January 24th, which was Luke 5, 1 through 11. So let's begin by reading. One day, Jesus was standing beside Lake Genesaret when the crowd pressed in around him to hear God's word. Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, one that belonged to Simon, then asked him to row out a little distance from the shore. Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he finished speaking the crowds, he said to Simon, row out further into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we have worked all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I'll drop the net. So they dropped the nets, and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for the partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats so that they were full and were about to sink. It goes on to say how they came to shore, left all the fish that they had just caught, and began to follow Jesus. This is obviously Luke's story of the calling of the first disciples is also found in Mark and in Matthew, although in slightly different ways, and so not necessarily exactly parallel text here. But it is found in all three of the synoptic gospels. And the synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I think what I wanted to talk about in this particular episode is sort of a way of reading the Bible. And it's a way that can be illustrated by... I think this particular text and some of the comments that were, have been made about this particular text. So as I was preparing last week to do the sermon on the 24th, I came across several commentators who had mentioned things about the net. They had determined that the net was a trammel net, that it was probably made out of a linen fabric. It would have been a net that would have only been used at night because of the thickness of the cords within the net, the fish presumably could see it during the day and would simply avoid the net. And while all of that was somewhat interesting, I suppose, especially if you really kind of get into ancient Near Eastern fishing techniques, I'm not sure it really added anything to the reading itself. There has been a tendency, and still is, to sort of read the Bible as a historical account. And so all of the information that's in there sort of historical fact, and the more information that we have about those historical facts, the deeper or more meaningful our reading of the story will be. Well, that is not something that I would necessarily agree with. I think there are historical components to the stories in the Bible, but writing a history, especially as we would understand history, is not what the authors of the Bible are really intending to do sort of eyewitness account of who Jesus was and what Jesus did for all of posterity, they are much more interested in using some things that happened in the historical past to tell the rest to the present and the rest of the world about why Jesus is significant and why there would be people who would basically have formed communities around his teaching and his person and his actions. And if that's what we mean by history, then I think we're okay. But if we think of history in that more modern sense, then I think we do kind of run into a problem. And so when we read sort of these ancient kinds of 
history, whether that be from Luke's gospel, which I think he does sort of comprehend it as a history, like kind of like Herodotus, or if we're reading Mark or Matthew, and I think they kind of follow more the ancient idea of biography, which again has a lot of parallels to sort of it is not necessarily a historical or factual account about the person, but meant to sort of tell the story and convince others that following this person, his teachings, his actions, his person, makes sense and why. And it would be a good thing for others as well. Is that when we read a story like this, we need to read it kind of in a correct way. And correct is probably not the right word, but it's the only one I can think of at the moment. There is kind of an implied audience. The author of Luke had an implied audience in mind as he or she was writing the text and the stories. And it is our job, essentially, as readers, if we're going to essentially honor, in this case, it would be an implied author, because we only have the text of Luke to sort of determine who the author is and the things that the author believed, is that we need to read it as an implied audience would. And again, an implied audience is not a historical thing, not a reality. Think that old tradition, uh, some of you may still follow, of writing sort of that family Christmas letter. Uh, you put in usually kind of the highlights of the year. You might tell a few stories, particularly well describe how your year went, uh, what, what your children or grandchildren are up to, that sort of thing. But you don't put in every single detail of your life. It would be an incredibly boring Christmas letter, one that would probably never get read if you started on January 1st, 2021. I woke up at 5 in the morning. At 5.05, I brushed my teeth, and then I hit the gym by 5.15. People would stop reading probably by the time they got to the second. And so it's not whole of who you are, but what you are essentially doing is you have the people that you are writing the Christmas letter to in mind as you are writing it. And so you tailor what you're putting into the letter based on who it is that you have in mind. And because they are separate, distinct people from you, no matter how long you have known them, it's not like you can understand who they are in their entirety, who they are in all their complexity and everything that it means to be human. And so even when we are writing or talking to somebody who is close to us, it is still kind of an intended audience that we have in mind. We have a particular picture of who they are in our, in our brain as we are writing, and that is who we are writing to. Well, that works the same for a document like gospel according to Luke. The author had a particular audience in mind and is writing for that audience. That makes these texts very contextual and that is uh, a good thing to remember. And because they are contextual and so it becomes our responsibility then as readers is to essentially take on the characteristics of that implied audience. It's not something that we're always going to do perfectly, and it's not always easy to do, but it sort of begins, I think, by first asking questions, and this is where the net from Luke 5 comes in, asking questions of what would Luke's intended audience be expected to know about the net in this chapter. I'll be honest, 
I am not sure that Luke's intended audience would be expected to know what kind of nets were being used, or what kind of maintenance was needed for those nets, or why they were necessarily fishing at night. There's not a whole lot of indication that Luke is writing for a community that is centered around fishing and life, but is in fact writing to a faith community that may be some distant from the Lake of Genesaret. And so what they would have known about fishing is somewhat questionable. And so why it might be interesting, it is probably reading too much into the text to essentially claim that these were trammel nets and they had to be used at night. By using these nets during the day, the miraculous catch of fish becomes even more miraculous, which was the line of thinking in a lot of the, with a lot of those commentaries about trying to describe the kinds of nets that they were. That's reading more into the text than I think Luke, our implied author, would have had in mind. Because it's questionable whether he knew what kind of nets or the significance of the kind of nets. And I think it's even more questionable if the audience would have known anything about those nets as well. All that is to say is that sometimes we, I think, try to overanalyze these biblical texts, these stories from the Gospels. And when we do so, we oftentimes read into them something that is simply not there. Thank you for joining me. Until next time on Before the Sermon or After.